Welcome to this special edition of The Boldness on 3CR 855am on Friday the 1st of March. The Boldness recently caught up with autism advocate Bryce Pace and this is what he had to say about growing up autistic in a neurotypical world. And welcome to the boldness on 3CR 855 AM. The boldness is about standing up for your disability rights instead of waiting for some well-meaning person to give them to you. My name is Rafael Caleb. On today's show, we are talking with autistic advocate Bryce Pace. Welcome to the boldness, Bryce. Thanks for having me. It is an absolute pleasure. Now, as an autistic advocate, what is Autism. What most people sort of assume autism is is yeah what they see on TV yeah the whole stereotypical usually a white male that um, you know nonverbal rock back boards that sort of thing. What the definition of autism actually is is it's a um, neurodevelopmental disability that basically just affects the way that those of us that are on the spectrum um, how we sort of perceive and experience the world around us. It's basically just a difference in the way our brain works. That's all it is. At the outset, I take ownership of it. I identify as having Asperger's syndrome. <laughs> Quite open about this. And my understanding of autism, that more often than not, it gets a lot of negative press or negative media in the media. How could this actually have an impact on people's experiences as they're growing up well to have massive impact i know like even when i was growing up you didn't really hear much good about autism you really hear much about autism at all in the media really it was only yeah there's this day that's dedicated to it and it's a disability that's about all you sort of heard about autism at the time and as i was growing up you hear negative stuff from overseas about you know in america a lot of school shootings and that apparently some of those were done by autistics so suddenly now all autistics are violent and it obviously doesn't help those of us that are on the spectrum that aren't particularly violent and that are law-abiding citizens most of us it just helps sort of create a lot of these misconceptions that actually makes life a lot harder for us why i'm trying to get jobs and even 
you know, going to school and that bullying, like we have higher rates of um, bullying than um, the general population. I think it's around about 90% of those of us that are on the autism spectrum actually have experienced bullying sometime, some point in our life. Let's talk, put it in terms of when you're growing up, Bryce, with your education, as a person with autism, how did this make gaining an education or your schooling, how did that have an impact? At least for um, primary school, it actually had a real negative impact on me, mainly because of the attitudes of the school. First of all, I was diagnosed at the age of eight. I was already going through primary school at that point. So for the first few years in that, I didn't really do much schoolwork. I mostly just sat in class, the occasional pencil sharpening. That's that all I did. I couldn't actually read until grade two because I'm also um, have dyslexia. So it just makes things that much more fun um, with education. And basically the school, they didn't know what was going on. They didn't really think about that possibly could be autism and dyslexia and that. It was actually my mother that had to bring it up to them because my older brother's also on the autism spectrum. So eventually got diagnosed. And you think the school from that, they'd start to offer me supports and that. Unfortunately, they did actually, well, they did offer me supports, but the sort of the wrong supports because, again, their perception of autism was based on all the previous autistic students they had at the school. So they assumed that I needed the exact same supports as they did. Whereas in reality, autism is a spectrum. So everyone experience, everyone that is autistic experiences autism differently. They ended up teaching me a whole lot of useless life skills, such as reading a phone book, which, of course, I haven't used since. Um, I don't know how many people have even used a phone book in the last decade, but that is one of the things they did teach me instead of um, yeah, things I should have learnt, which then led me to actually go into secondary school um, unprepared and um, actually behind the rest of my peers. With going to secondary school, that means around usually an early teenager, basically things like sociological development. And with the negative experiences that you had at a primary school, how did this flow on? Did the pattern continue at a secondary school of that education system, not looking at you as an individual about how to work with you. Secondly, what was the impact of other students as they go through their stages of, let's say, dating, mixing with people and making friends? Because of my experience from um, yeah, earlier my education that I actually um, ended up well, I made my mother actually enrol me in secondary school as sort of like how I put it back then, a normal student. So I didn't actually want anyone to know that I was autistic. So um, that's what ended up happening. I was I masked my autism for the majority of my secondary schooling um, because I was afraid of how people would perceive me, how people would treat me, yeah, so on. Now, despite that, my school did actually support my second school did actually support me, even though they didn't weren't one hundred percent aware of my disability in that. They did actually um, cater towards my needs in that, as more of a individualized type thing, to the point where I even shared a um, yeah a support aid with another student. 
I understand. As you've come later on, as you've come older, <laughs> you identify as being an autistic advocate. What are three facts that people don't know about autism? One of the main ones is mainly because we're really just starting to look into it now, is that those of us on the autism spectrum are actually more likely to identify as being LGBTQA+. So we're actually two times more likely to identify as being um, non-heterosexual and up to three times more likely to identify as being um, transgender or gender diverse. Well, what about with autistic Australians and participation in employment? Yes, yeah, so we've actually got one of the highest um, unemployment rates in Australia, if not the highest. If I remember correctly, we're actually, uh, the unemployment rate is uh, three times higher than, um, for those of us on the autism spectrum, than um, the general, you know, the wider disability community. And we look at the statistics for the disability community, that's already quite high. Um, and it actually hasn't changed in over 20 years. So that's also another area that we are currently doing a lot of work in to try and um, hopefully yeah, make that better for people. And the last third fun field fact is how common is autism? Yeah, well, we actually believe now that it is around um, one in um, 70 Australians. It could be higher because apparently, according to some recent media attention, that it, there has been an increase in diagnosis, diagnoses um, in the last few years. People are saying that, it's, um, that we're apparently lying, basically lying about our um, diagnosis and try and get on the NDIS, but that is 100% untrue. If anyone is familiar with the process of getting diagnosed and trying to get onto the NDIS, they would know that it is pretty much impossible. Um, very hard. It's expensive. Um, so why would we even bother? <laughs> well, look, I totally understand it. Now we're going to play some community service announcements and then we'll continue talking with Bryce Hayes, an autistic advocate. Are you a 3CR subscriber? We really need our listeners to subscribe to the station. It helps us remain financially independent and is an important part of our community governance. It's just $40 concession, $80 waged, $150 for a band or organisation and $300 solidarity. Become a 3CR subscriber today. 3CR Radical Radio. The Boldness thanks our program sponsors, Clubmates Travel, for their financial support. Clubmates Travel are NDIS-registered providers specialising in supported holidays for people living with disability. Their holiday packages include accessible accommodation, transport, an itinerary full of inclusive activities and fun support staff. Everyone deserves a holiday. Visit clubmatestravel.com.
Bisexual Alliance Victoria is a not-for-profit organisation dedicated to equality and justice for multigender attracted people, including bi, pan, regardless of label or no label at all, their partners and allies. Bisexual Alliance runs discussion groups in person and online. The group offers a safe and fun space to share your experiences, ask any questions regarding your sexual identity and provide peer support. Bisexual Alliance is especially keen to hear from multi-gender attracted people in regional and rural Victoria. Donations of $2 or more to Bisexual Alliance are now tax deductible. For more information, visit our website at bi-alliance.org, email info at bi-alliance.org or find us on Facebook or Twitter. A 3CR supporter. Because we know you're wrong Access, access You've had your way too long We're here and we're gonna stay You closed all the streets The shooters out of town You tried to give us sweets As you took away our ground We don't want treats As the lights are going down What we want is access now Access, access Demonstrate your rights you got a right to be here Access by Johnny Crescendo. One of the big issues about autism is access. Autism is the neurotypical world. It is completely misunderstood 
And as we're about to find out, Bryce Pace, autism advocate, is talking about growing up autistic in a neurotypical world and the challenges it presents. Let's continue talking with Bryce Pace. Welcome back to The Boldness on 3CR 855 AM. My name is Rafael Caleb and I am talking with Bryce Pace, an autistic advocate. Bryce, you've raised a really interesting point here. It's a sore spot for a lot of people with a disability, the National Disability Insurance Scheme. How does this impact on trying to access the National Disability Insurance Scheme? Well, it's very hard for anyone with a hidden disability, but especially for those of us on the spectrum. They actually work off sort of the um, DSM-5, so like Diagnostic Manual, um, the latest one, and that actually splits autism into three levels um, due to our, on our supposed functionality. Level one being what Asperger's, um, what we used to refer to as being Asperger's, that's now um, considered level one autism, um, where apparently you don't need any support needs whatsoever. And stated on the NDIS website, those with level one autism aren't actually eligible for NDIS. So it's only level two and three. I'm a level two, thankfully, so I could technically get NDIS. I do have NDIS, but to even get to the point where I could be um, you know, accepted into the NDIS, I actually had to be re-diagnosed. So that was a whole few months uh, process of doing that to get re-diagnosed because my original diagnosis was that I was high-functioning autism. That could have been misinterpreted as being level one autism. I was a few months going through that. Then there's a whole process of, of course, doing the actual testing that to uh, that the NDIS requires. Then there's also the added bonus that because I had my new diagnosis done by a psychologist, I also had to get a letter from a doctor to confirm, a GP to confirm that diagnosis because the NDIS don't listen to psychologists, only to psychiatrists and um, GPs. And yeah, that's just the process of getting, yeah, you know, um, even applying for the NDIS. Then it becomes even more fun when you're accepted into the NDIS because of the, um, the supports in that that you can get and can't get, it's very confusing. Yes, and the testing with a psychologist from a medical perspective, my understanding, it's usually at least six sessions of three to four hours each. It's quite extensive. It is not something which a person can jump on the internet and say, hello, Dr. Google, I did a 20-second quiz, therefore I am... It's very, very thorough and it's probing and it goes on for quite considerable time and it was very, very expensive. And regarding things like unemployment, why is it difficult for people with autism to find, why would they have a higher rate of unemployment than other people? I've found at least through my work um, as a access consultant and advocate is the main barrier is actually really simple. It's um, just the attitudes and misconceptions and that that employers have towards autism. They see aut- um, if someone discloses they're autistic, they automatically assume there's something like what they've seen in the media or on TV, um, you know, something like Raymond or something on those lines. 
if you're looking at the old classic movies um, that misrepresent us, and they don't actually see the possible benefits uh, that autistics could actually bring to the workforce. And these could be the fact that, you know, the reason why we're applying for that job is we have a special interest in that particular area. And if that is a special interest, that's actually a real strength for you as an employer um, because we'll happily work for as long as we um, yeah, you want us to. And it's actually been found that those of us with disability actually take uh, less sick days than people without disability. So there's actually a lot more benefits in employing people with disability than anyone else. Yeah, and look, and that's a fair call, is that well, about a decade ago, a lot of people who were on the autism spectrum did up working specifically around with computer and tech work. And I remember one workforce, 50% of the people they employed were people that were on the autism spectrum, and it was all about computer programming. But let's take it that last one point around identifying with sexuality. People who are autistic are more likely to identify as being part of the LGBTQI plus community. What would be any possible factors or ideas or reasons that uh, may occur? Well, this is an area that's still only just starting to get some research done in it. But um, one of the leading theories at the moment is supposedly we are more likely to identify as being LGBTQIA plus because we're less likely to be, I guess, susceptible to um, uh, yeah, society's attitudes and perceptions and that. Now, in saying this, I personally don't think that's a hundred percent like the one factor that leads into it because I know my personal experience of going through the whole process of trying to figure out my sexuality and, um, uh, yeah, accepting in that society's perceptions that did have a massive impact on me trying to figure out whether I should even come out as one particular identity or not. Cause I was afraid that if I did, well, well then what if I said later on that I'm um, something else? Yeah. Would that mean that? Suddenly, I fall into the whole all the misconceptions that are around us with sexuality that because we're autistic or because we have a disability that we don't have the capability of understanding our own sexuality or um, yeah the hundred other sort of mis- misconceptions that are unfortunately out there at the moment. Yeah, now is that this has all led to I take it as being an autistic advocate. You've got this fantastic event that is going to be happening shortly called Growing Up Autistic in a Neurotypical World. What are the details of this? Yeah, sure. So um, Growing Up in, in a Neurotypical World is a um, seminar that I'll be holding uh, with my mother and I'll be talking a bit more about my life and that. So did Interested in learning a bit more about what we've sort of been talking today, we will be going more in depth um, into that sort of side of things um, during the seminar. So it is on the 22nd of March um, it's at the Glenara Town Hall, 12pm. And yet yeah, you can find more details about the event by going to our website, www.bricepaceautismadvocate.com and it's on the events page there. Thank you very much for your time, Bryce. It's been great talking with you. 
Those details, again, growing up autistic in a neurotypical world, the seminar is being held at Van R at Town Hall on Friday, the 22nd of March at 12pm. For ticketing details, go to www.brycepace.com autism advocate which is spelled a-u-t-i-s-m-a-d-v-o-c-a-t-e dot com forward slash event and the Glen Arrett Town Hall is located at the corner of Glen Arrett and Hawthorne Roads again thank you very much for your time Bryce Wishing you all the best. Robin, thanks for having me. I've been talking with Bryce Pace, an autism advocate, about growing up autistic in a neurotypical world. Now, did you know that in February it was subscriber month I subscribed to 3CR to continue to support independent radio now I hope that you join me in subscribing to 3CR 855 AM it's easy, really easy to sub- subscribe just go to the website www.3cr.org.au and to subscribe. Make sure that you nominate the boldness as your favourite program. Now, I've also heard in news about people with a disability and creativity who've got a disability that very, very shortly the details for the Alter State Festival will be available. Hopefully we can talk with Jody Mundy about what will be happening with the Alter State Festival. It's going to be great for people with a disability. Hope to see a few people there. And Carolyn Bowditch, who was the CEO of Arts Access Victoria. She will be leaving Arts Access Victoria around later this year. We hope to talk with Carolyn Bowditch as a person about the changes and how Arts Access Victoria, what they're doing around people working with people with a disability. That should be very, very interesting. Carolyn Bowditch does identify as a person with a disability. Now, keep listening to 3CR 855 AM. Make sure that you follow 3CR The Boldness on Facebook. The Boldness will be back on Wednesday, the 20th of March. 
Let's go out with a song by the Hackett's Mexico LA. Keep listening to 3CR. Oh 